Good afternoon. Happy podcast. They were a little late, but we made it. I had a few things I had to do this morning, but I wouldn't miss out on this day with you. Uh, God bless you. Love you. I thank God for you. Believing with you. Don't forget that. It's important to know that Pastor Kim and I are believing with you and for you every day. We pray with you. We pray for you. I say with you, and you're probably thinking, well, I don't see you in my prayer room. Well, our, our prayer time, but we're praying for you. So whatever it is you're believing for, and sometimes... Uh, we'll just go in and say things like, uh, we'll name your name as God puts it on our heart. And we'll say, uh, like, like the Thomases, you know, Eric and Angie are sitting here with me. I'll say, Lord, whatever they're believing for, we attach our, ourselves, uh, our faith with their prayer. We attach our faith with what they're believing for, what they need to have happen in their lives. So understand that. And I think it's powerful. I love when people say uh, to me, hey, we're praying for you. And I tell them, usually my response is, we covet your prayers because there's something about someone that prays for you. It's just a power in it. Amen. Now, I'm trying to get on my computer here. Let me, give me a second. I'll get it. I'll get it. Glory to God. I just want to set my clock so that I know what time it is. Uh, but I love you. I thank God for you. And don't forget, we are going higher in 20 and 23. You need to get that in your face. I said that on purpose. In your face. You need to get it in your mouth. Uh, you need to get that thing all uh, around you, that I am going higher in 20 and 23. Amen. So glory to God. Take your Bible, get ready. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, thank you now for the anointing that destroys every ungodly yoke. The anointing will destroy ungodly information. Uh, the anointing will destroy threats of Satan. The anointing will, will completely and totally annihilate the ungodly thing that's trying to affect our lives. So we thank you for the anointing, and we thank you for the spoken word, the rhema word that goes forth today. Give us great revelation, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to get into this. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, I woke up early. I had a, a vision, uh, not, not for this time, but for something else, and that kind of just starts the day off wonderfully. But I want to talk continually uh, in this season, 2023, going higher, talk about expectancy. Uh, we have to learn how to expect the unexpected. There's a power in it. I'll get to it. But if you're a note taker, write that down. I, I have to learn how to expect the unexpected. Uh, that's where true Bible hope comes into place. If you're living just a blah day-to-day -day life, like you, you're not excited about anything, you don't have any expectation. Like if you just think, all right, I get through today and then I got tomorrow, I'll get through tomorrow. There's a little glimpse of some kind of hobby or something I like to do, but I really have no purpose. Well, what's missing is expectation because expectation is a wonderful fuel. It can propel you. Now, I know this is cliche-ish in a sense, but when I'm speaking, I'm speaking out of the word of God. There's nothing cliche-ish about the word of God. Uh, true Bible, God-derived expectation can propel you into your destiny. Uh, if, if you, every single person is predestined. Now, I, I don't, I know I'm not a Calvinist, but every person is predestined, meaning within you there's a, a God assignment. When you become a new, uh, born again believer, new, be, you know, new being, uh, you receive orders. Uh, you you uh, downloaded within you, within your DNA, within the very fibers of your being is a s specific assignment. And, and until you find that assignment and begin to accomplish that assignment, there'll be no peace. There's no peace in your lives because you haven't found your assignment. 
It's in your assignment that you'll begin to understand and release the value that God's locked up on the inside of you. It's then in your assignment that you can breathe a sigh of rest or even a release that I found what I am created to do, and that's where your greatest anointing is. It's waiting for you. Your greatest anointing is waiting for you in your God assignment. Now, you, you might say, and I'll get back to the expectation, you might say, why don't everybody just do their assignment? Well, most people have a battle. They fight because their soul has developed uh, loves, loves of the world, gods of the world. Our, our souls develop uh, hobbies, you know, habits. Hobbies are wonderful. Hobbies are a great outlet. Uh, but they were never made, and don't confuse a hobby with an assignment. Your hobby should be a, a, a joy outlet or a release in, in, a, in, a, in a way. Uh, but that's not your assignment. A lot of people, they try to make their hobby their assignment, and then there's still lack of inner peace because you're still not doing what God's created you to do. Come on, I'm preaching pretty good already. Amen. Um, uh, amen. I got away from the mic for a second there. But but in expectation, you then get into the fields of the miraculous. Uh, expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. That's a wonderful statement. You need to meditate that. Uh, in expectation, you travel into the breeding ground or into the fields of the miraculous. That's going to take miracle after miracle after miracle for you to fulfill uh, your God uh, assignment. You're going to have to have daily miracles, monthly miracles. Now, uh, you may define a miracle differently than how God defines them, but a God miracle, biblical miracle, simply is the handiwork of God, God breathing on something in such a way that it defies all natural laws. That's a miracle of God. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a healing miracle. It doesn't have to necessarily. There are healing miracles, and they are wonderful, and they are godly. But I'm talking about in business, God can breathe or, or uh, cause a miracle to take place in your obedience, in your expectation, and bring the right person. I don't know. Maybe you know you're right now believing for a certain business. Like down deep inside of you, maybe you've suppressed it, but it still jumps up and says, "Hey, we're gonna do this." Hey, and every once in a while, you peer down to that dark, hidden place and say, "That yes, yeah, someday, someday." Well, God could bring a person to you in expectation. Now, uh, once again, in expectation. Uh, let me say it like this: you you, you don't move God. You don't rule God. God doesn't do things. He's not your little do boy. But in a sense, in expectation, you move the hand of God because it's in obedience. God gives you a commandment. God gives you an order. God ordains you. And it's in your action that God then moves next. Me first. Come on, I taught you this. I go first, then God. If you never go, God never goes. It's you move, then God will meet your move. So, uh, amen. He'll send one person, and everything will change. He could send a money supplier, a funder of your vision, of your dream, and the rest is history. Uh, you can go look throughout history and look at all the businesses. You can go look at McDonald's. You can go look at every, Nike. Everything that, that you can look at and think of, it had to have a financial backer. Now, when you talk about biblical things, God will send the money and he sends it by way of financial backers. So one order from God, change everything. 
but it's your expectation that will begin to move you in the direction of God's favor, God's blessing, or God's help. Amen. Glory to God. Let me give you a few scriptures of people in expectation. Number one, Matthew chapter 8, the centurion. The centurion had great expectation, or another word in, in Hosea, I don't want to turn to all these scriptures because I like to look at you here, but in Hosea 2.15, the Bible uses expectation, hope, and anticipation all in one scripture. Expectation, hope, and anticipation. So we can really uh, boil it down to the expectation is the highest level of hope. And the Greek term for hope is a confident expectation. So if you're confident in your expectation, uh, you'll, you'll have a confident pursuit, we can say. That means it already actually exists to you. Uh, you believe it's, it belongs to you, and now you're pursuing it. So you got to get you know, past the information realm. you you, you know, got to get information, what exists. Once you get to that point, you charge. You, know, you, you become unstoppable. You know, if you're a quitter, like if you have a quitter spirit, the things of God are going to become very difficult for you. Uh, God's not a, God doesn't have a quitter spirit. There, there's no quitter Bible heroes in faith. Every one of them had a radical uh, pursuit of God, a radical pursuit uh, of you know holiness, of righteousness, uh, of the assignment of God. Now, they weren't perfect, but they had a radical, uh, mighty pursuit of the calling of God on their life. Amen. Hope I'm helping you today. Centurion says, in confidence, Jesus sent the word, my servant would be made whole. Remember now, we're talking about expectancy or expecting the unexpected or uh, miracles happen in the realm of expectancy. That's the breeding ground for miracles. So uh, this man has a great expectation. He has a confident expectation, hope, and he says to Jesus, out of that hope, all you have to do is say the word or send the word, my servant be made whole. Now, this miracle would not have taken place if you would have removed the element of expectation. Now, come on now, get this in your spirit. You remove the centurion's me first. Well, how is it him first? He goes to Jesus and he puts it all out there. You know, he doesn't go through, well, we got four backup plans, Jesus, just in case this one doesn't work. No, he, within expectation, confidently declares, this is all you have to do, and my servant be made whole. Uh, Jesus is wowed by this. The Bible says, uh, it shows some expression and punctuation, and even the, the verbiage there in the sentence, that Jesus is astonished. And says, I'm not seeing any faith like this. I, I, you know, almost like finally someone's getting this. And, and the, uh, the Bible says that a servant was made whole at that very time. Come on now, glory to God. There's hope for you. Jesus will do the same thing for you. Jesus, uh, he doesn't change. You liken him to God because he's the word of God flesh. So Jesus, just like God, changes not. He's the ancient of days. He's the beginning. He's the end of days and all in between the days. So uh, if you take Alpha and Omega and everything in between, that's who Jesus is too. So just as much as Jesus was a healer for the centurion, a miracle healer, he'll be the miracle healer in your life. Just as much as he healed a woman with the issue, he's still that same healer today. Just as he's a deliverer and he delivered the maniac at Gadara, he still is a deliverer today. He changes not. The only thing that changes is our pursuit of him. 
Uh, you know, we see now the revival starting to spark all over America. Uh, you know, little spark places. Mario Murillo, my dear friend, he, he, he talked about spark places of revival or sparks of revival. Uh, popping up. He said that 20 years ago. Uh, but spark places of revival. And we're seeing them now. And the reason we're seeing them is because people are expecting the unexpected. People are pursuing God at a high level. In order to pursue God at the highest level, you have to deny yourself you, meaning your desires. You you begin to deny yourself you, and you'll see God show up like never before. Oh, yeah, glory to God. Preaching pretty good. Amen. Luke 18, 1 through 8, another expectation. The, The woman with the unjust judge. Now, you can't cry out with a radical boldness, with, an, with, with, a, with a, a, a violence, unless you have an assurance. There's got to be something settled within you. The more you settle something, the louder your cry. The more you're sure of something, the more violent. And I'm not talking about violent like physical violence. I'm talking about the more violent in your statements, in your declarations, in your voice. Like the, 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 the blind man, Bartimaeus. Uh, he within himself was 100% sure that if Jesus came by, he was going to get healed. Uh, now, the disciples didn't have his faith. No one should have your faith. You should be the only one that has your faith for you. Uh, I shouldn't have to have, I do have faith for you as a power, I believe with you, but there has to come a time in your life where you settle some things within yourself and, and you begin to have your own faith for you. And then others can agree with you, others can encourage you, but it's upon your faith. Blind Bartimaeus, they shushed him, hushed him, and he said, no, hey, uh, I was talking the other day, oh, I don't know the context, let me think about this because it was powerful. Uh, uh, My friend, um, uh, Ralph Gerard, my my, uh, pastor who's become a friend, he's just gone through some medical things and he's overcoming in Jesus' name, but he made a comment the other day, he said, they tried to blind Bartimaeus me. And he said, I wouldn't be blind Bartimaeus. And the context was they tried to hush me uh, when I knew that I needed to say something and I wouldn't be hushed. Uh, Some of us need to not be blind Bartimaeus. There's a time to be hushed, but then there's a time to speak. Uh, You speak out of your confidence, your, your, your hope, your confidence in Christ Jesus. Amen. So this woman with the unjust judge, she cried out and would not stop until she got what she desired. Man, where'd that go in the modern day church? I'm going to cry out and I'm not going to stop until I receive the promise of God for my life. That's like a a hidden gem. We call it an art, but it's really not an art. It's just a part of belief. It's like, uh, you know, we've gotten too busy. Uh, We've gotten too confused. We got so many things on on the inside of us, too many things we're thinking about to get back to, I'm simply going to believe my God for what he promised me. And I'm not going to stop believing until I receive the promise expectation. Amen. Now, let me give you one of of no expectation. This is one. I I love this story. People say, really? You love this story? It's in John 5. So if you're a Bible guy, Bible gal, go into John quickly. John 5, 1 through 5. This this is one of my uh, scriptures that motivates me uh, the most. It actually makes me angry. Uh, You know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. Anger is, uh, is a great, great emotion. Uh, that will push you to do something you wouldn't do uh, until it shows up. So I, I like this scripture. It makes me extremely angry. 
and it makes me want to do something. Amen. Everybody ought to just get ready and, and want to do something. But this is the man. Uh, this is at the pool of Bethesda. And the Bible says uh, uh, that, that they were at a pool, verse 2, and there was in Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, uh, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Then these uh, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, or blind, or halt, or withered, uh, waiting for uh, uh, to, waiting to be healed, or the troubling of the pool. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, stirred the water, and whoever uh, got into the pool first uh, into the water was made whole of whatever their disease or whatever they had. Now, just pause for a second. So you got a bunch of people. There's lame, paralyzed, probably skin issues, blind, deaf, dumb, you know, every kind of handicap, every kind of disease-ridden person. They would set them there in hope that they somehow would be the first to get in the pool. Now, now just let me, let's just process this for a second. Verse 5 says, that, and, and this man was there, which had an infirmity, for 30 in eight years. Now, all right, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of read this. Maybe I'm the, the wrong one. Uh, I read this that the guy was there for 38 years. Maybe he's only there for a couple days. I don't know. Let's just read it how I, I interpreted it. If I know that something is reachable, like, like something is within my grasp, it's not taking me 38 years to get it. Now, now, if you have to manifest some, some things are far off. Uh, all right, let, let's go through the scripture. Uh, Noah built an ark. He had to manifest, come on, uh, and not only manifest, he did manifest by faith. He had to believe for something he never could see naturally. So that's manifesting it. And then once he began to see it with faith eyes, he began to build it. Uh, we can go through Abraham. Uh, he couldn't have a child, but he was uh, ordered or ordained by God to be the father of, na of the nations. So he had to manifest in faith a child. He couldn't just go, uh, you know, do what you have to do to produce a child. He had to manifest it by way of faith. And, and you can go through Hebrews 11 and see all of the faith hall of fame that God has memorialized forever that they manifested the promise of God in their life. So let's just say now that you can see naturally uh, the, the, the completion of the thing. You, you, there's so much hope. Uh, a lot of times we believe in hope when it's afar off or we can't see it. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, there's a seen realm and an unseen realm, and a lot of people have gotten become more comfortable operating in the seen realm where there's no power in the seen realm. The power comes from the unseen realm. But we have become so modernized, and within us, we have adapted to a modern world and a modern society in so much that we fluff off the unseen realm as if I'm not going to bother myself. You know, there's enough here. I can eat from the master's table, the scraps, and that's good enough for me. We reduce ourselves mentally to a wrong state or a wrong mindset. Uh, when biblically we should rise up and kick the crumbs out of the way and say, no, 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 I got a seat at the table. I'm not going to settle for this. I have a seat at the table. Come on, the proverbial table, there's a table coming, but I have a seat at the table of the Almighty anytime I want to go, and I refuse to settle. 
That's a good word, say amen. And you have one too. If you come to God through Jesus Christ, you now have a seat at the table of God anytime you desire. The The, the meal of God is the meal of yours. Uh, the promises of God are, are the promises that God's promised you. And they're, they're rightfully yours. I'm going to say it again. They're, they're rightfully yours, not by work. Not, not by you being good, but by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. They're rightfully yours. So back to this man. Imagine, let's just say this. Imagine you're believing you, you got a death sentence by way of a doctor's report. And within five feet is the cure to your death sentence. They lay it five feet from you and they say, now we're going to blow a whistle. And as soon as you hear the whistle, if you can touch it the first, you touch it, you know, first, you can have it. It's not taking me year one. It's not taking me 10 seconds. I'm going to be so close to that thing in expectation. I'm going to be driven by expectation to when that whistle blows, you go ahead and try to grab it and I'll bite your hand off. I'm going to break your arm. I'm going to do whatever I got to do, but I'm going to get what I know God has set aside for me. Come on, are you still here? Can you say amen? Hey, let me help you in, in, in closing. I think we're out of time here. Let me help you. Uh, I wrote this down right before we got on air. Expectancy is built into the human being. You lend your expectations uh, to present information. Think about that for a second. Because you can expect to have a bad day. You can expect it's, it's, a, it's a built-in mechanism. It's built into humanity. Now, God intended it to be used for the kingdom of God or for righteous things because he created us before sin. In the beginning, there wasn't sin. We didn't have to contend with sin. It was to, you know, to dear old dad Adam uh, that he had a weak moment. Now we have to contend with sin. But let's go back before sin. God said, I'll put a mechanism on the inside of them, our DNA, our wiring, our mental wiring, so on and so forth. And they're going to have the ability to get to obtain information, and then within them is the ability to expect, uh, you know, concerning the information they've obtained. Expectations beautiful. Like if you're married, excuse me now, and your wife says we're going out Friday night, and then we're going to have me and you time. Whoa! There's a great power. There, there's an expectation that'll drive you from Monday to Friday with one little phrase. From your wife, that's wonderful. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you have a favorite meal. Like right now, uh, you know, I could think of several different dishes I'd love to eat. And, and if I would to say, you know what, this afternoon I'm going to go here and eat this little meal, uh, I would be driven by that mechanism of expectation. Come on, are you here? Uh, you say, well, I used to be that way. Well, begin to declutter, rip out, get rid of all the Satan, Satan's little ploys and all his little, you know, shortcomings and different things and stacks of garbage that you've allowed in through the soul and get back to the things of God that are delightful. Amen. Uh, wonderful. So you got this mechanism on the inside of you and, 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 it, and it, it goes off like an alarm concerning the information, the present information it obtains. Uh, once again, desire, powerful tool. Uh, I, 29 years ago, uh, October, Kim and I will be married. I have a strong, healthy desire, and almost 30 years later than I did the first date we went out. And that desire has kept our marriage fresh, 
uh, alive and strong. Expectation, desire, anticipation. These are all things that God's given us to pursue him. Wow. I hope I helped you. Uh, you know, get over you. Get over yourself. Not about your little desires anymore. Jesus is coming back. You better get lined up. Forget about your stuff. Forget about me. I'm doing the same thing. You know, I, I have hobbies. I have things I like. But you, we have to learn how to live a disciplined kingdom lifestyle. And God has to become first. Your greatest peace is not going to come from a hobby. The, the peace, God says, the peace that passes all understanding comes from him. So if you're looking for peace, you haven't found it. Maybe you're looking in the wrong place. I love you. Create an expectation. Uh, like us, follow our page, share it. Do whatever you got to do. Communicate with us until next time. Hey, also, Dr. Barclay will be here tomorrow night at 645. You don't want to miss that. He's coming with the word. He's, he's just been resting for a few days, and he's coming off a rest. He's going to be fresh, and he's going to release a word into you. I'll see you then. God bless you. Love you. Glory to God. That's what I'm talking about.